Welcome to Emergence Magazine's podcast. I'm Emmanuel Vaughn Lee, executive editor of Emergence Magazine, located on the unceded ancestral lands of the Coast Miwok people of present-day Marin County. Each week, we feature a new interview, narrated essay, or story, exploring the threads connecting ecology, culture, and spirituality. In the midst of the ecological crisis, a time in which our primordial dialogue with the earth has been forgotten, there are certain stories that can awaken us to a deeper consciousness of connection. For centuries now, we have placed the human at the center of our dominant narratives, as a conqueror, a ruler, a hero. And such hubris has silenced the voices that surround us, that call to us, offering their wisdom. What would happen if our stories were, like ancient myths, alive and in conversation with the world? What journey lies ahead if we listen? This week, step into an adaptation of our special multimedia experience, Valamon the Bear, Myth in the Age of the Anthropocene, which takes us on a journey into the deepest part of ourselves. Featuring acclaimed mythologist and writer, Martin Shaw, Valamon the Bear calls on bone memory, reminding us that we have always been wedded to the wild. As Martin recounts this tale, we not only hear the story of a daughter falling in love with a bear, but also encounter a living myth that gossips across species. Myth is a wild way of telling the truth. And this is a story about a girl that fell in love with a bear. A long time ago, there was a king and a queen and their three daughters. Now, the first two daughters were very happy to live within the castle. The third one, the youngest, she loved nothing more than to wander the great green forest that surrounded the place. One day, she came across something she'd never seen before. It was a white bear lying on his back, very playful, with a golden wreath in his paws. When she saw that, she had never wanted anything in her life like that wreath. She plucked up her courage, she got strong, and she said, Great bear, were I to bring you jewelry every day, could I possibly have the wreath? And the bear looked at her and said, you know, I'm a bear, if you hadn't noticed, uh, I don't need the jewelry. So she looked at his stomach and she said, well, what about if I brought you food every day, endless food? And he uh, waggled his great paws and his sharp claws. And he said, Madam, no, I do my own hunting. So she walked away and it's a hard thing to walk away from something you've longed for like that. But as she did, he said to her, there's just this one thing. If you were to come into the forest with me, and live with me in my place of the deep green, you can have the wreath. I tell you what, I'll come to your parents' castle on Thursday, Thor's day, and see what you've decided then. Well, she ran back to her parents and gave them the news that every parent wants. I've fallen in love with a bear. I'm going to leave. I hope this is all right. And her father thought about it 
He didn't lose his temper, he didn't grow unpleasant, but what he did was he presented her with a false wreath, one he'd made himself with his silversmiths and alchemists, and he gave it to her in the hope that this would stop her leaving home. She tried it on, but it didn't fit. It didn't feel comfortable in the way she imagined that the wreath of the bear would. So she couldn't be dissuaded. Now, in that part of the country, older sisters married first. So twice the bear came to the gate and twice they tried to disguise her older sisters as her, but it never worked. The third time came around, there was a great scuffle, but she jumped the wild third daughter. She jumped on the back of the bear. She pressed her face into his fur and it smelled like apple blossom. And he asked her, have you ever sat more comfortably than you do now? And she said, never, never in all my life. And he said, have you ever seen more clearly than you do now? And she said, never. And with that, the two of them disappeared into the forest. So the two of them headed off into the deep green forest, the wild third daughter gripping the back of the bear. Now it turned out he had a name and his name was Valamon. And he was no ordinary bear, he was the high bear king. And in actual fact, the castle that he took her to was no cave of bones, it was beautiful. It was actually more auspicious than her own parents. And there was another thing, and it was that at night, he became a man under cover of darkness. So she enjoyed him as her beloved, as well as this bear. Now three times she grew pregnant and three times the children were spirited away. So there's some kind of dream element to the bear castle. And after a few years, she said this, I'd like to go back to my parents just to tell them that everything worked out okay. And her beloved said, okay, but in this situation, I would suggest that you follow your father's advice, not your mother's. Well, she went back. They were delighted to see her and mother asked, what does your beloved's eyes look like? What does he look like? And she said, I, I don't know. I've only ever seen him in the dark. Mother said, you know, I've heard of men like this. Take this candle and when he is sleeping, light it. Well, at this, her father said, don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Make sure he's awake when you do it. But she departed, and sure enough, as soon as she got the chance, when he was sleeping, she lit the candle. But a little drop of wax from the candle, just as she got to his face, went on to his Adam's apple. He woke in a rage. He turned into the shape of a bear again and said, one more month. One more month and I would have been a man all the time. But because this has happened, I now have to marry the hag troll queen in the mountains far to the east. And with that, he left the chamber. She tried to cling on to his back like she had so many times before, but he just shrugged her off and she was alone in the forest. Time passes and time passes and time passes. Long time she wandered. Her belly stuck to her spine. Her dreams were difficult. She could have gone home. She could have gone back to her parents. She didn't. 
she continued deep into the forest and over the many months that followed, she came to three cottages and in each cottage was an old woman and a young girl and at each cottage door she was gifted. First she was gifted scissors in which she could cut and create any kind of clothing she desired. The second she was given a goblet. Anything that she wanted to drink in endless amounts was in this goblet. And third, piece of cloth. And anything she wanted to eat would appear on the cloth. And each time the advice from the cottages was, he's nearer, you're almost there, keep going. The final cottage that she came to was actually at the bottom of this great glass mountain where the wedding was going to take place. And in this cottage there were starving children who had stones heated up to suck on in their mouths, pretending they were apples. Well, as soon as the wild third daughter saw the kids, she knew what she could do for them. She gave them new clothes, she gave them something to drink, she gave them something to eat. Now their father was a blacksmith, and he came home and saw his happy children, and he said, how can I repay you? And she said, well, I need to get to the top of this glass mountain. And he said, well, to do that, you need claws. In his workshop, he banged and he crashed and he came back with two sets of bear claws for her. They fitted on her hands perfectly. I mean, was there not some part of her that was becoming bare by this point? And although it was raining and although it was harsh and cold, she started to climb the glass mountain. When she got to the top of the glass mountain, the wild third daughter immediately caught the attraction of the hag troll queen. And she asked the hag troll queen, what are you going to feed your guests? What are they going to drink? What is the wedding dress you were going to go to your marriage in? Well, the hag troll queen hadn't thought much about these things. And so the wild third daughter said, here is the cloth, here is the goblet, here is the scissors. Now, if I give these to you, all I ask in return is that I could sit next to your husband-to-be, Valamon, at night. I hear he's a very intriguing-looking man. And so that was the arrangement. Now, for the first couple of nights, Valamon was drugged, so he didn't wake up. But on the second night, so loud was the weeping in the chamber that carpenters next door who were helping prepare the wedding heard. And they told him the next day, they said, you know, who is it that is wailing like that in your chamber at night? He knew straight away. He knew that there was only one woman in this whole wide world who would grieve for him like that. And so the third night, he didn't allow that sleeping draft down his throat. He spat it out. Now this time, the two lovers were finally reunited and their laughter and their joy was as loud as the grief the night before. So loud that the carpenters came round and said, is there any way we can help? We've gathered what's going on through the wall. Because tomorrow at the wedding, we have designed a bridge that the Troll Queen and Valamon will cross to two great thrones. Now she will be leading. And if step number 13 was a little wobbly, Maybe that could help you out. 
And sure enough, the day came. The hag troll queen led the procession. And on the bridge at step 13, it did wobble. And that great queen fell out of this story and straight into another. So finally, the two lovers could marry. Because in everything I've told you, they were not yet married. They decided to marry at the place where the story begins, the castle of her parents. And on the way, they stopped at the three cottages. Because as you have probably figured out by now, those three young girls who gave her the vital scissors and the goblet and the cloth were her own children who had been spirited away so many years before. What a wedding it was. It lasted for three days and three nights. You know, just preparing for it, it took seven men seven days just to stir the mustard. Everybody was there, everyone was in love, everybody that you ever cared for as a child was there. Every animal that you loved was there. Firebirds danced and the whole place was in radiant contentment. And as far as I know, in that kingdom that is both inside you and outside you, the wild third daughter and Valamon reside to this day. Let this story bless the ones that heard it. Let this story bless the one that told it. And let this story bless the ones that are to come. Emergence Magazine is an initiative of Calliopeia Foundation. Our original essays, in-depth interviews, films, and rich multimedia explore the threads connecting ecology, culture, and spirituality. Our theme music is composed by Logan Stanley and H. Scott Salinas. This podcast is edited by Erica Neininger and produced by Shauna Quinn and Emmanuel Vaughn Lee, with writing by Lucy Warmold. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are found. To subscribe to our newsletter, order our new print edition, and check out more of our stories, visit emergencemagazine.org.